2: Hello, everybody. God bless you today. This is Susan Puzzo, and I want to welcome you to the Prophetic News radio broadcast on Blog Talk Radio, and we're also heard on the Christian Sentinel Radio Network, which is the network of our sister, Jackie Amor, and she'll be with us next week, and we'll have something interesting to talk about, as we always do. There's so many things going on in the world that Yikes, it makes your head spin, all the things that are going on. And we say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen? Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Also, I wanted to make you aware of our website, propheticnews.com, and our YouTube channel. We have two YouTube channels. We have one under my name, Susan Puzio, and... We have Greedy Preachers TV. <laughs> and we have enough of that, amen? I mean, we have enough greedy preachers out there to last us a lifetime. And you, you can't figure it out because you say to yourself, how can anybody love God and act like a reprobate? Well, God says he, he'll turn you over to a reprobate. Mind, and that's what happens if you get into heresy and you don't try to correct yourself and get back on the straight and narrow, you you wind up like you're uh, you just came out of an insane asylum. And some of these people that call themselves prophets nowadays they, they really sound to me like they have lost their minds totally. You can't even make this stuff up that they're talking about. But anyway, there's some videos on the uh, YouTube channel. Also, we have two books. One is Paula White, Heretic in the White House, The Miracle-Selling Huckster, Who Became the Spiritual Advisor to the World's Most Powerful Man. Now, you know we're in trouble when that happens. You know we're in trouble. You know. You know that we are in trouble when that happens. And uh then we have C Faith, can a man bribe God? How false teachers manipulate and hypnotize you for offerings. And we see that and that's rampant. We can't believe that. we can't believe that all these things are going on right before our very eyes and that uh, that so many of these people have become so saying this and it becomes so powerful with so many hundreds of thousands of followers or so their channels say and so their Instagram accounts say, but you don't really know how many people really actually listen to these people. I don't know if if there's a way that they can build up their numbers. I have my doubts about some of the numbers I see that if, if people are actually listening because you can if you visit different sites, like you could go to YouTube and you'll look up a video, say for instance, about Paula White when she's preaching or sermon. She might have twenty views or thirty views on some of these sermons. But then when you go to Instagram, it says something like five hundred and something thousand followers. I doubt it seriously. <laughs> I, I that seriously but they do have an audience yes they do have an audience and uh, she's not alone with her
0: audience
2: but also we have have an email address if you want to contact me you can contact me Susan at propheticnews.com and I will answer your email that's Susan at propheticnews.com And I will answer your email. I was getting some great emails over the past week or two about some conferences. I think they were having a conference a sister sent me about the uh, pandemic and the vaccinations. And it it was being held at Rodney Howard Brown's church, so-called church, I'll say. I don't even really like to say church because it's a fleecing center for the most part. And the one that's doing the fleecing is Rodney. And he has those those poor people that go there. I don't know if any of you have ever been in one of his services. I have. And I was in many of his services way back in the early 90s before I escaped word of faith, foolishness, and nonsense. But he came to our church and... Unfortunately he spent over a month there. And in the beginning I must say I did I did question it. I I felt very uncomfortable with what was going on and I was I did accept it after a while. I, I attended the meetings and later on of course I came to realize that it was he was a false prophet and a false teacher and these manifestations were demonic we we saw so many things that you had to scratch your head and you say well how do you ever accept these things and uh with much sorrow I have to admit that I attended these meetings back in the early 90s and then I came to realize that it was wrong. When I, when I spoke out against it, I had a small, I had a small radio program. I think sometime after I came out of Word of Faith Movement and it was in Tampa, Florida. And I was on a regular radio station. I did a half hour broadcast once a week, but, and I spoke out against the Rodney meetings and I talked about him coming to my church and the devastation that it caused later. The church closed up a few years later. The pastor left to go be an evangelist, and he turned the church over to someone that ruined it, and it closed up and it and it became a venue for weddings, a catering hall, and then I, I had I think I had called my fr- a former pastor to ask a question or something. And his wife wouldn't let me talk to him. And she was kind of telling me off, like, how could you say these things? And, and uh, well, I had to say them because I was attending these meetings and people that knew me saw me there. And I had to uh, repent of that. And I had to talk about it publicly. I wasn't. Saying that the pastor was a bad man, or his wife a bad person, or anything like that. I just said that he did, that they fell for this thing, and the whole church just out fell for it, and that it was wrong. But they didn't want to hear that message, and they were all offended. And well, sometimes you're going to offend people, but I think that when we do something that could hurt someone's walk with the Lord when uh, you're involved in this kind of full teaching, false ministries, and you're actually participating in these kind of things. You have to tell people you're sorry, and you have to uh, try to make amends for what you did so you don't cause anybody else to stumble, whether they like it or not, and whether they like you or not. But they weren't hearing what I had to say. They didn't say, well, we'll pray about it and we'll examine what we did and uh amen, but no, they were offended, but what can you do? It's more important to tell people the truth about where you've been in your walk with the Lord. Now, I was 15 years in the Word of Faith movement. I didn't set out to deceive anyone. I had a heart for God. I had a heart for the ministry. I wanted to be in the ministry. I wanted to do the right thing. And sometimes it takes a while for people to wake up. Say to yourself, now we've been on the air now for 11 years. So we've done hundreds of programs. And you think to yourself, okay, I hope that some of the things that we said and some of, the, some of the things we have done will help people to come out from false teaching. Themselves, Just like I had to. I had to come out of it, renounce it, and do so publicly because I wasn't in public ministry. And I'd like to see many more ministers do that. That instead of getting angry, which a lot of these false teachers and false prophets will, they get very, very angry if you say anything about them or you try to point out a, something that's wrong with their doctrine, which we're supposed to do. We're supposed to point things out about their false doctrine. Instead of getting angry, they should say, okay, let me pray about it. Just like I did. My, m- there was friends of mine that handed me books, and they were trying to tell me this that uh, the Word of Faith movement was a New Age movement, basically. And, and uh, they were trying to help me now at first. I didn't really want to read the books. Of course, I did pick them up eventually and read them, and, and there was a lot of truth to what these uh, people were saying. So I didn't get angry at my friends because they were trying to tell me that I might be wrong. <laughs> you <know? laughs> You're not perfect. Like We don't know it all, so you can learn things from other people. I can be friends with people that don't with me. Sometimes they don't want to be friends with me if they don't agree with me but that's besides the point. I want to be on the Lord's side and I want to be able to answer for my actions to the Lord, especially when we have people's eternal destiny involved. It's not just that. We do programs and we try to point out false doctrines and false prophecies and just to talk about it, but we are dealing with human beings that have an eternal destiny, either heaven or hell. And those issues are major that if we're going to preach the gospel and teach the gospel, we have to do it out of a pure heart. And we have to make sure that our doctrine lines up with the word of God. And if other people don't like it, well, too bad because It's vital that we do it. We don't. People that are in ministry, we're in ministry to win the lost to Jesus Christ. And you'll see, you see some of the some of the videos that I was looking at today pertaining to some of these false prophets that we're going to talk about today with the failed Trump prophecies. It it was very sad. See a lot of these unsaved people mocking Christianity and mocking the Lord Jesus and mocking God because of the ridiculous things that these people say. So we want to be a good testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ, especially if we're going to do something in the public arena where there's people listening to you and you want people to be able to trust what you're saying. And I think anybody involved in public ministry has to be held accountable for their actions because I don't care what pastor you are, how much pastoritis you have, or uh, what bishop you are, what reverend you are. If you miss it, you should be teachable enough to admit you missed it. And if somebody tries to point out something that you might have a blind spot towards, don't get so angry, where you? Like Benny Hinn, and you say, if "You're going to tell me I'm doing anything wrong? I'm going to get my Holy Ghost machine gun." And, but that's the attitude of a lot of these people. I wouldn't put I wouldn't put it past some of these people that they wouldn't want to hire a hitman to uh, do away with some of the people that come out against them publicly. Because you have to realize some of these ministries are taking in multiple millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, and they don't want anybody interfering with their little gig that they have going on. So they act like the mafia. They, I wouldn't put anything past these people because if you could lie, if you could say to yourself, I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, they want people to believe that they're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, but then they can lie about Jesus, and never repent of it, and never try to correct their error. They're able. Then they're able to do anything. I don't know how low you can go when you have a congregation of people that come to your establishment every week and they listen to you preach, and all you do is look at them dollar signs in your eyes. And you look at them as, wow, they're going to build my vision and they're going to build a bigger church for me and they're going to build a bigger house for me and they're going to buy a bigger plane for me. And they're going to give me a bigger presence on television. And that's the only reason why you have a congregation. Well, that's a pretty sad state of affairs, but we see it. We see it. And you can watch any any number of these preachers and you see how much time they spend teaching on the tithe and how much time they spend every Sunday taking up the offering. I'm not opposed to people taking up offerings if that's what they want to do. It's perfectly fine as long as you tell people the truth about why you're taking up the offering, what you're going to use it for. And uh, if anybody questions what you're using it for, you don't get, Angry at them until they can't see where the money's going it's none of their business, yeah, it is their business If they're giving you large sums of money, I guess they should know where it's going or what it's being used for and uh you shouldn't have to hide anything, but a lot of the churches a lot of the ministries uh become a church. Because then they don't have to file a 990. They don't have to report their income. They don't have to report their salaries. And so they try to hide what they're doing. Well, we shouldn't have to hide anything. If you're doing what's right, why do you, what's the secret? You don't want people to know you're making a million dollars a year in salary by being a pastor or a pester, like I call it. So where do they get off? what pastor deserves a million dollars a year for preaching two sermons a week and most of them don't even open the Bible uh, to prepare their sermon they're using somebody's study notes and uh, they're not digging into the word of God for themselves to get their sermons uh, and, or if they are opening up the Bible they're trying to find scriptures to justify their false teachings But it's an epidemic, and you'll see these places are filled and starting to fill up again with people coming back to the buildings. I don't know if it'll ever be like it was, but people coming back and supporting these people. And I I think now that the um, loans, the PPP loans have dried up and there's not going to be any more government money, for the churches any more bailouts. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see how desperate some of these ministries get for uh taking in money. But we hope that we hope to see a change. And it it it's my hope that some of these people will repent and they will repent publicly and they will get back on the straight and narrow path and tell people the truth about the Lord, especially about Jesus, because he's been so good to us. Who has been better to us than the Lord? And they used to sing that old song, remember, had not been for the Lord on my side. (laughs) Where would I be? And amen to that. I mean, where would we be if the Lord wasn't on our side? So we're grateful to the Lord for all his blessings, for all he has done for us, for all he has brought us out of, and all he will continue to bring us out of, because we have been in one of the most devastating times of my lifetime. I never remember anything like this. And I've experienced an earthquake when I was a little girl. I experienced hurricanes. I've experienced many different things. This is one of the worst things I think I've ever experienced besides death of loved ones, of course, which is terrible. But going through a pandemic and and uh, how many hundreds of thousands of people have suffered, people that we know have suffered through this thing and are still suffering through this thing. How long is it going to go on? I don't know because there's new variants out now. And uh, it's not even protecting people that have been vaccinated. And then, of course, there's been many terrible side effects with the vaccines. I don't know how it's all going to play out in the future. But we have to stay strong in the Lord. They were saying on one news report that 50 Uh, About 50% of the population will never recover from the stress of having of this pandemic, which I thoroughly believe that people are still very stressed out about it. And my cousin, she has two little grandchildren. Um, I think they're six and four. And I asked her, I said, well, how, how did the kids make out? to go to school with masks on and not being able to really play with their friends. And she said, not good. It's not good. So you wonder, as you talk to people, especially the impact that it had on young people, where they couldn't have their graduations, they couldn't have their proms and their football games and different things. So it's been a very, very trying time for everybody. They couldn't see their loved ones. People passed away in nursing homes and hospitals and people couldn't even be there. So it it was a hard time. And if you don't have God and you don't have Jesus to turn to, I could see where people just, they're losing it. And you can see now too, with all the violence and uh, people punching each other and beating each other up and people shooting people. And so now that they're coming out, they're starting to be very aggressive. And I know a friend of mine said, well, don't, don't you want to go to the beach? And I said, not really. (laughs) I don't really care because there, there was also a news report a few days ago in many, uh, at many beaches and including our, some of our beaches here in Florida that, people are going to the beaches and they're getting drunk and they're fighting and they're big groups of people fighting, pushing each other. And I, no, you know, no, I don't, I'm not, I want to go for that because you can see that the people are frustrated and, and they, and they will be frustrated just like you get on these things that are happening on airplanes, you're in a confined state. Well, there's nowhere to go. You can't open the door and let the person out. And uh, even one of the flight attendants was acting out and started getting aggressive. So we have to really be careful. There was a shooting here in Florida about two weeks ago in a grocery store, a very well-known grocery store here, And it was a grandmother and her grandson were shot dead in the produce department. Just some nut came in there and started shooting for no reason. So, and then somebody jogging down the road in Buckhead, Georgia, and he got shot for no reason. So we just have to be eyes in the back of our head and uh, be careful to be our surroundings. I'm not saying that we have to totally live in fear. We just have to be more aware of what's going on. There's crazy people out there who are frustrated and and now that to the unemployment benefits are getting ready to run out and they've lifted the um bans on people being evicted and people being foreclosed on. So they can try to paint a uh, rosy picture of the economy, but it's probably not as rosy as they picture it. And we're going to see a lot more people losing their homes and being evicted. And people aren't going to want to go back to work after being unemployed for so long because they, they kind of like being at home. So I think that the next few months are going to be very, very challenging for us all. And we have to stay strong that no matter what comes our way, that God is with us. And we want to try to help other people to realize that they can't make it without God. You you don't have any rock to hold on to. You don't have any foundation to hold on to. You have sinking sand without having the Lord Jesus. Christ in your life. At least we have faith. At least we have hope that even even if we die, we know where we're going and we're going to a better place. And and if our loved ones die in the Lord, we know that we're going to see them again. So that gives us hope. But how awful is it for those that don't have hope? So we hope to be in of hope as we spend our time here on the earth because the earth is not our home and we realize that we're aliens in a strange land and it becomes more apparent every day but let's start off with ezekiel here ezekiel 34 chapter
3: 34 and the word of the lord came unto me saying son of man prophesy against the shepherds of israel prophesy and say unto them thus saith the lord god unto the shepherds Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Ye eat the fat, and ye clothe you with the wool. Ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flock. The diseased have ye not strengthened. Neither have ye healed that which was sick. Neither have ye bound up that which was broken. Neither have ye brought again that which was driven away. Neither have ye sought that which was lost. But with force and with cruelty have ye ruled them. And they were scattered, because there is no shepherd. And they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth, and none did search or seek after them. Therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely because my flock became a prey and my flock became meat to every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock, therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand and cause them to cease from feeding the flock, neither shall the shepherds feed themselves any more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouth, that they may not be meat for them. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the people, and gather them from the countries, and will bring them to their own land, and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in a good pasture, and upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. There shall they lie in a good fold, and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock, and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. I will seek that which was lost, and bring again that which was driven away and will bind up that which was broken, and will strengthen that which was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. And as for you, O my flock, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I judge between cattle and cattle, between the rams and the he-goats. Seemeth it a small thing unto you, to have eaten up the good pasture, but ye must tread down with your feet the residue of your pastures? And to have drunk of the deep waters, but ye must foul the residue with your feet? And as for my flock, they eat that which ye have trodden with your feet, and they drink that which ye have fouled with your feet. Therefore thus saith the Lord God unto them, Behold, I, even I, will judge between the fat cattle and between the lean cattle. Because ye have thrust with side and with shoulder, and pushed all the diseased with your horns, till ye have scattered them abroad, therefore will I save my flock, and they shall no more be afraid. And I will judge between cattle and cattle, and I will set up one shepherd over them." And he shall feed them, even my servant David. He shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken it. And I will make with them a covenant of peace, and will cause the evil beasts to cease out of the land. And they shall dwell safely in the wilderness, and sleep in the woods. And I will make them, and the places round about my hill, a blessing. And I will cause the shower to come down in this season. There shall be showers of blessing. And the tree of the field shall yield her fruit, and the earth shall yield her increase. And they shall be safe in their land, and shall know that I am the Lord, when I have broken the bands of their yoke, and delivered them out of the hand of those that serve themselves of them. And they shall no more be a prey to the heathen, neither shall the beast of the land devour them. But they shall dwell safely, and none shall make them afraid and I will raise up for them a plant of renown, and they shall be no more consumed with hunger in the land, neither bear the shame of the heathen any more. Thus shall they know that I, the Lord their God, am with them, and that they, even the house of Israel, are my people, saith the Lord God. And ye, my flock, the flock of my pasture, are men, and I am your God, saith the Lord God. Amen
2: Amen to that. Yes, and then God's going to deal harshly with those false shepherds and false teachers. I wouldn't want to be them at all. I, there was a conference, I think it's called the Faith and Freedom Coalition. They had a conference this week in uh, Orlando. And oh, they brought all these top-name politicians, and they had some of the false teachers over there. Oh, dear them on the venue. And so Mike Pence was there. And when he got up to speak, he got booed, people were booing him and yelling at him. Of course, they were angry because he didn't take a stand, which I I think I agree with that as far as they could have sent the uh, voting situation back to the states for them to to take a look at it before it was certified. And uh anyway, he got booed and he but he was saying, I'm a Christian first. Well, I would have booed him too. I said I would have booed him too because not for the fact that he didn't send the uh information back to the states about for them to take another look at what happened with the election, but I would have booed him because I would say, now, you say you're a Christian. You give a lot of lip service to your Christianity, but where's your fruit? Where's your fruit? Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit. So does a real Christian go to a meeting with Mrs. Moon, who says that she's the only begotten daughter of God and that she's the new Eve and that she's married to Jesus and she was born without sin? Do you, does a real Christian attend one of her conferences as a speaker and praise her like Pence did? No, that's not a real Christian. You could have all the lip service you want with blah, blah, I'm a Christian. And then you do something like that? I don't think so. So I would have booed him too if they let you boo because when I was at a a Trump rally back in 2016 and they brought Paula White out, I booed and I wanted to boo real loud. And I wanted her to hear me booing and the security guard came up to me and told me I couldn't boo. Otherwise I would be escorted out. So I didn't even have the opportunity to boo at (laughs) that, at that, uh, meeting. I was shaking my head anyway. I'm saying to myself, what in the world is she doing here? But, of course, later we we came to find out what her position was going to be. And so, but at least at this meeting, they let the people boo Mike Pence. Well, there was a, there was a lot of people there I would have booed and uh, to let them know that you're just pleased with the way they're behaving. Because when when you think about it and you you think about the first two years of the uh, Trump presidency and you had Republican Congress and you had a Republican Senate. So basically, it was free for all. They could have done just about anything they wanted as far as passing laws and regulations, especially in the area of, of abortion they didn't do as much as they could have done. And when I found out that during the Trump administration that Anthony Fauci allowed a grant to be given to the University of Pittsburgh to perform the most horrendous, one of the most horrendous, I can't probably say the most horrendous, but I'm going to play this clip for you and then we'll talk about it. This is shocking. Now this
4: happened during the Trump administration. University of Pittsburgh, they were doing a study where they were taking the scalps of five-month-old aborted babies and they were grafting them onto lab rats and lab mice to see how much longer they could keep them growing for. And you can actually see the photographs in the published study of little baby scalps grafted onto the backs of lab rats growing little baby hairs. Those would have been the little hairs growing on the heads of little infants in Pittsburgh if they hadn't been killed by abortion and then stitched onto lab rats for experimentation. This study was funded by a grant, by multiple grants from the NIAID office, which is run by Dr. Anthony Fauci. And when I was undercover, Planned Parenthood abortion providers told me that they were the ones who were supplying the aborted baby body parts. For experiments at the university of pittsburgh it's one of those stories we almost hesitated uh to do because it is so grotesque uh but it seemed like in the public interest to tell the truth about what's about what's happening has has fauci absolutely accounted for this no and dr anthony fauci owns every bit of this study because as the head of and and owns every bit of this issue because as the head of the niaid office The buck stops with him in terms of how those grants are spent, whether they're being monitored and um, made sure that they're ethically and legally and just compliant as far as good stewardship of taxpayer money. The fact that they were using scalps from five-month-old aborted babies, that means that the heads of those children probably needed to be intact in order to get the scalps, which is an indication that those are either partial birth abortion or even infants delivered alive and whole. Did anybody at Dr. Fauci's office ever ask the researchers at Pittsburgh, hey, how are you getting those scalps? How are you getting whole scalps from the heads of, of fetuses without a partial birth abortion? I think that Dr. Fauci should be brought in front of the Senate or in front of the United States Congress and ask those questions directly about what his office did to make sure that these grants and that these barbaric experiments were in compliance with the uh, with all the applicable applicable federal laws and regulations for those federal taxpayer grants
2: okay i'm not I'm not uh, saying that Trump himself endorsed this practice, but it went on. It didn't anybody do anything about it that to me, and looking back on the election. Yes, I think there was voter fraud. I do think that. But God allowed everything that happened to happen. And God puts people up and he takes people down. The fact that these kind of things happened under his watch, and uh, there was also a report, and I'll play some other reports, that they had banned. Practices. I, I think that he, he, President Trump, tried to do something to ban these practices, but there was a lot of loopholes in these. In the fact that these grants of taxpayer money, granted by Fauci, who was working there, I think it, I think it was the National Institutes of Health, and then President Trump paraded him in front of the nation for months on end and never disavowed his association with him and this man was giving these grants to the universities to experiment on the heads of murdered children no no God is not mocked God is not mocked so you had a Republican Senate a Republican Congress, a Republican President, and do we put our faith and trust in government officials? No. No. And this should be a lesson to all of us. If a government official cannot stand strong and firm on the lives of the innocent and and can't take a stand against these barbaric practices and from day one of An administration of any president or any senator or any congressperson, if for day one that you don't pass the legislation saying that people that do these things will be prosecuted, like, I don't want anything to do with these people. That's it. And so they could, people can say whatever they want. And you'll hear these false prophets. Some of these audios going crazy about the fact that uh, Donald Trump lost the election. Well, yeah, he lost the election. As far as God didn't want him there, so it didn't matter if they if they were stealing the election, if they were messing with the votes. God's bigger than all of that. And if you're God's man, like they were like they were, they were saying, oh, he was anointed to be president, and and he's like a king, and and all these things. And these false prophets that are going crazy and uh, they think that he's going to make a big comeback. Well, God's not mocked. Don't tell me you all are pro-life and all these senators are pro-life and the congressmen are pro-life and then you allow this kind of thing to go on and you allow the government to use taxpayer money for grants to give to universities to allow these kind of things to go on? You can't even wrap your head around this kind of thing to think that normal people, normal thinking people, so-called intelligent people, people in the highest authority in the government, would turn a blind eye, would turn a blind eye to this kind of thing. And then Planned Parenthood is supplying the parts. No, they should be in jail. This is a crime, and they didn't do enough as much as there were things that were pro-life about Donald Trump. They didn't do enough. they didn't do enough to stop even when the the vaccines were being tested were being tested using the aborted baby cells and you can find this information on the website. Johnson and Johnson and the uh, others, Pfizer and AstraZeneca and those different, Moderna, you could find the information right on their websites that they were experimenting and testing these vaccines using the aborted baby cells. Whether or not they actually made it into the vaccine, who knows, who knows? I know Johnson and Johnson was using it to manufacture and but they deny the fact that it actually got into the vaccine. They said they filtered it out. I don't know how you, how you filter it out, and I don't know how you could get a hold of a vial and get an honest testing company to tell you because they probably wouldn't want to tell you what was in it anyway. It's kind of a dirty little business, a lot of the science and uh, some of the things that go on in medicine, but no. That has to be, I think, for any Christian, we have to take a stand for the innocent. Who's going to stand up for these babies? And if our politicians don't have enough backbone to stop to this kind of thing, then I don't want anything to do with any of them. They could squawk all they want and uh, say they're pro-life all they want. But then why are these things going on? Why did, were these things allowed to go on? And they're still being allowed to go on. Don't you think God's going to judge that? Yeah, he's going to judge it. Yeah, he's going to judge it. And he did. he did judge it. So these people like this. Robin Bullock, the newest, latest prophet on the block. And, and the guy looks weird. He looks weird. And you know we don't judge we, we don't judge people a hundred percent by the way they look, but this guy looks weird, and he is weird. And then you have this other guy, Johnny Enlow and Kat Kerr, and Jeremiah Johnson, and they go on and on and on about Trump being the anointed one, and he was supposed to be there, and Yeah, well, if he was supposed to be there, God would have put him there, but no, God God took him out. Unless he repents, he's never getting back into the White House. I don't care what they do. Never. Let's play this clip here. And other body parts of aborted
5: babies are being sold and transplanted into lab animals. No, this is not a passage out of Frankenstein. These are real experiments happening now that taxpayers are funding.
6: It's abhorrent on so many levels.
5: Anthony Bellotti is president and founder of White Coat Waste Project, a group exposing experiments like this. Here, the reproductive tracts from aborted 13-week-old twin girls were stripped out and implanted into mice. Last year, the National Institutes of Health funded 200 similar studies across 50 institutions, mostly universities, in 33 states. This year, the NIH estimates it will spend $120 million tax dollars on research using aborted baby parts.
7: But This is a crisis now. This problem is growing
6: in spite of Republicans, Democrats, pro-lifers, animal advocates,
5: nobody wants this. Teresa Bukovnak runs Pro-Life San Francisco. The bulk of the research happens in her backyard at the University of California, San Francisco. One of the most um, infamous projects that was recently canceled by the Trump administration was um, a project that involved humanizing mice. And that project required two pristine, healthy fetuses between the ages of 18 and 24 weeks per month. Nearly 70 members of Congress from both parties are working to expose these gruesome experiments. They've issued a letter demanding information from Secretary of Health and Human Services Alex Azar. They're asking him to indicate how many different babies were used in each project and the gestational ages of each. Can you believe that you're even having to write a letter like this?
6: It is deeply saddening to me that our own government would be a part of creating this marketplace for the buying and selling of baby parts.
5: In June, the Trump administration took steps to end human fetal research, but loopholes allow most of it to continue. In response, more than 90 research institutions wrote Secretary Azar to say fetal tissue remains an essential resource, crediting it for vaccines and potential treatments for ALS, spinal cord injuries, and Parkinson's disease. Opponents agree this is important research, but argue there are alternatives to human fetal tissue. Using it, they say, encourages late-term abortions which produce more developed babies that are more lucrative when sold for research. That means abortion doctors receive incentives to use techniques that preserve babies and all their parts for science experiments. The only two ways they can do these abortions is through a live dismemberment or a medical induction, which, according to the Society of Family Planning, is very likely to produce born-alive infants. To our core,
6: to our founding, the recognition of the importance of life is who we are, and we can never get away from that.
5: Legislation has been introduced here on Capitol Hill that would prohibit the Secretary of Health and Human Services from authorizing any research that uses aborted baby parts. Research on stillbirth or miscarriage tissue would still be allowed. Jennifer Wishon, CBN News, Capitol Hill.
2: Well, no, it's shocking. No, it's shocking. So those are the facts. Now, this came from CBN News. And the other clip I played came from Fox News on the Tucker Carlson program. So it's not just some conspiracy theory that I picked up off the internet. These are facts, and uh, why it was still being allowed during the, uh, the last four years of the Trump administration. And yeah, they they tried to stop it. They didn't try hard enough. Like I said, day one, when you get in office, you ban all tissue. They call it fetal tissue research, but of course it's murdered children research. You ban it from day one with criminal penalties and you stop all funding, all grants. There were over 200 grants that were given during this time to experiment on these children. What does that remind you of? Is that something called the Holocaust. What does that remind you of? Anyway, God doesn't want us to put our faith and trust in the arm of flesh. We have to... Jesus is Lord no matter what happens. And uh, you you can't even believe that these things go on, but they go on. And so God, God will turn you over. God will turn a nation over. And we're seeing so many things happen in our in the nation that we live in, but a lot of it is, is god's judgment it's god's judgment here's that crazy robin Bullock now here's here's a crazy prophecy from him
1: proclaimed themselves as king has set themselves to stop the prophecy their whole Ministry, their whole administration is geared to one thing. It must be a terrible burden to hide the truth and stop anointing to be president, to be a king, in other words. And God gives an anointing to carry that anointing for king. If that anointing to carry the anointing of king is removed or is not there, it will drive you mad. It will drive you crazy. You uh, leaders in the religious world, you're afraid of prophets because they scare you. Theology that you studied in a, in a Bible college where they etched thoughts into rock that couldn't be changed and fossilized those thoughts. And you can't get your mind out of it. And when a prophet stands up and says, Thus saith the Lord. Do you really think that prophets can stand and tell you the coronavirus is coming a year, maybe almost a year before it comes? Actually, in 2016, I said it was coming, the prophets. But I can for me. Do you think they can give such prophecies as that? prophet can tell you that planes are coming over Long Island and would would, uh, have a in new york and then it come to pass do you think prophets that can prophesy things like that missed it when they said trump is the president anointings your prophetic anointings your apostle anointings, your teacher's anointings, and you're trying to lend that to joe biden to give him credence as a president but he has not the president recognized by heaven and you're giving away your anointing to a jackal for well, the office Of the president, you could pray for a man named Joe Biden, but you cannot pray for President Joe Biden because there's no such man. That he knows he don't exist, and Brother Steve, his handlers know he don't exist. They all know he's not real.
2: (laughs) It's a mirage. I think he's living at the White House. Think he's living at the White House. Yeah. God puts people up and he takes people down. And uh, I, I don't believe that either one of these men were God's anointed, like they like to say about Trump. But it's mainly these false prophets that say that you know, he was anointed. Well, if he was God's anointed, God would have fought for him and God would have put him back in a position of power. No, the Lord didn't allow that to happen. And for good reason, I think, because a lot of these people had to be proven wrong, too, because just imagine if Donald Trump had really been put back into office, what would have happened as far as these people would have gone nuts. Here's uh, Johnny Enlow.
8: The presidency is going to be a hinge of the ages. And you'd be known as before Trump and after Trump because of the way I'm going to use him. I'm using him as a Trump card, but I'm the Trump card player. And so your nation will be known as before Trump and after Trump. And he said the nations will be known as before Trump, after Trump.
0: Timeline. Of course, that one has to come out. Any timelines at all?
8: It's the same thing God says, and it's the most frustrating timeline ever. Soon! (laughs)
4: <laughs>
8: um, because uh soon with him is is uh
0: never our soon never yeah. never
8: our soon I, I just you know it has to be this year and
9: uh yeah. um yeah. we used to say it has to be this month
8: the deal is we also know natural intel like you all do and that yeah. so i have to be led by spiritual yeah, intel right?
7: Yes, and i do
8: believe the timing of the lord is perfect in this
7: Joystick in the streets by March, April, May, June. Watch what the Lord does, but I believe that April, I'll, I would be surprised if things don't happen by, by the end of April. Now, I'm talking the 23rd, 24th, and 25th, which I believe are key dates. I
10: said by spring, which starts officially June the 23rd, uh, we'd be dancing in the streets. One of
8: my uh, prophetic
10: friends right now
8: uh, believes. Uh, You know, there was something that that President Trump is so disturbed by certain things that are happening, he's wanting to even accelerate, that he was being tempted to accelerate and do it faster than a plan that they had, Mm -hmm. and that it wasn't necessarily the way they're supposed to go. And I'm like, no, I I agree with Trump. Let's do
9: it now. Um,
8: From heaven, President Trump is recognized as the primary government leader on planet Earth like I'm really not interested in your alls vote this time. I'm doing it. I usually give you all that option. This time I'm not. This is a rest- but the Trump test. It's a biblical precedent that it's not sufficient just to say I worship God. I'm, I'm you know I, I'm totally sold out to God or to Jesus. There's this thing going around the body of Christ, and there's a good part of it and there's a bad part of it. Well, I'm so tired of everything. I just want it to be all about Jesus and all about God. And time in history where you didn't have to also figure out. Who to be aligned and connected with this way? You don't know what I'm doing, you don't know my narrative, and you don't know who I'm working with. So I send prophets to help you, and you better see this as well, or you're going to come under uh, you're going to come under the judgment for not recognizing it, and you'll come under the blessing for recognizing. If you do, if you miss that, and if you miss that component of it, even if you think you have 100% devotion to God, it's going to cost you. And and this is a key time once we establish what a key time in history this is, this is a line in the sand. This Trump test, uh, you know, it's been clearer than ever. People I've inter- uh, I've been on their programs and stuff, and who's being advanced and blessed, um, and, and ministries that are advancing and blessing, and who I see an in increased anointing and who are seeing more. They're seeing more favor. They're seeing more revelatory. Are people who didn't back off
2: Trump. <laughs> I don't think so. (laughs) I have to say, a lot of uh, President Trump's policies were very good policies, and yes, the deep state hated him. The uh, New World Order people hated him, and uh, they did everything possible to get rid of him, which finally they did, of course, but with God's permission. And uh, it amazes me that on January 6th, they didn't have enough police protection there that that, uh, he himself, President Trump, didn't realize that somebody was going to try to rain on his parade over there. So it's amazing to me that this whole episode that happened at the Capitol was allowed to happen without there being enough police there to to stop the thing, which there should have been. Where was the National Guard? Where were, were the Capitol Police? They were there, but they didn't stop the people from coming into the building. Who instigated it? I believe it was instigated. By who? Well, will we we ever find out? Yeah, but he wasn't smart enough to know, to stop the thing from happening, the thing that they had set up. Like I said, God allowed it. I think that God gave him every opportunity to be uh, a good president. God gave him every opportunity to be born again, which I never heard his own mouth and until i hear it from his mouth and not from Paula White's mouth or some other false prophet or some newspaper article that says that he's a christian and says that he he's a uh, born again i'm not going to believe it till i hear it from him because any we know as born again christians we don't hide our christianity we don't uh We do not not tell people about Jesus. We don't hide the fact of who we are. We want to shout it from the housetop. So if if he was really born again, and Jesus was his Lord and Savior, he would say it from his own mouth. He would say, I am a sinner, and I have repented of my sins, and Jesus Christ is my Lord. I have not heard that from his mouth. So until I hear it from his mouth, I don't care who says what. Anybody could say anything. And like I have said before, Paula White doesn't know God herself. So how is she going to lead Donald Trump to the Lord when she doesn't know God? So it's like the blind leading the blind. Don't believe everything you hear and what you read some of these news stories. Like I said, they have PR people. They send out press releases. That's how these stories get to the press, and her PR people, and maybe his PR people, who knows, who put these stories out there. But I want to hear his testimony because we all have a testimony, and we don't shy away from sharing our testimony as Christians, and we don't shy away from saying what what the Lord has done for us, so I want to hear it from his mouth. And uh, So does the Lord. So does the Lord. Let's hear from, now this is Hank Koonin, another guy that fancies himself to be a prophet.
10: Had a lot to celebrate. We've, you know, President Trump is not going anywhere. He's launched a media website uh, that you can go to and uh, begin to receive information. He's re-engaging himself. Um, And you're not, listen, if you don't like President Trump, that's your problem because he's not done talking. And God's not done with him. The thing that I used to do to get to know the Holy Spirit is 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14 says, Let the fellowship or the communication with the Holy Spirit be with you all. That's what Paul was addressing. And I would literally sit, uh, sit uh, put a chair in, and my spiritual mother, Jermaine Saucier, said these words to me. She said, The more real you make God the more real he would be to you. And I, I said, okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I am going to get to know the Holy Spirit. And I would literally open the car door for the Holy Spirit. You know, I was 20, 21, 22 years old, you know, before Brenda came. I figured I might as well get practice though, how to open a door up for someone you love and respect. and I'd open the door up. My neighbors would scream out, you are so weird. Is it your imaginary friend again? I said, yep. My imaginary friend is not imaginary. It's the Holy Ghost. I let him come in and sit down. I would uh, go to a restaurant. they say, what would you like to eat? I would say, well, me and the Holy Spirit. Now, this is a little weird for maybe some of you, and I get it. But I was determined to make him real. I'm not saying you go and do that. That's a little bit, you know, there. But I, was, I, would, make him, I would make him so real to me. Well, Pastor, what was the benefit? Well, the same neighbors, Pastor, what was the benefit? Well, the same neighbors that would make fun of me, there was one that was getting pulled into a truck by two guys that were trying to kidnap her in her. And one morning the Holy Spirit woke me up And he said go out now And I went. And I said Lord go out where He said go out front And I went out And as soon as I went out They were getting ready to drag her They were pulling her across her yard And I spoke And I said in the name of Jesus of Nazareth Let her go And they dropped her And I began to point my finger at them And I said you get out of here and there was so much power They were shaking and
2: Yeah I don't, I I think, yeah, I guess it's a little weird. Uh, You're getting into your car and you open the door and tell the Holy Spirit to get into your car. I didn't know that you can contain the Holy Spirit in a car. And then you go to a restaurant and the waitress asks you what you want to eat and you ask the Holy Spirit what he wants to eat. This guy is a pastor. Hey Kudeman, hey Kudeman, here's here's another clip of this pastor.
10: thing Is if the Lord is saying that this nation is being preserved right now and protected, and uh, so is, so is the president going to be, and so is uh, the outcome of the election as squirrely as it's going to try to be, but um, just hang on for the ride back movements that are starting all over the land Yeah, put the where people back. are saying put prayer back put it back but then he said this he said in the vision that he gave me on february 12th he said look what do you see?' i said lord it's 2024 he said look what do you see and I, said, I saw the words are you ready for the word he said it's payback all right. and then watch this wreck come pence come pence wow. pay attention why do you think God allowed a man to be raised up with the name Trump? Which the Lord said something. said, I'm standing in the midst of the man, and my spirit is attached to him, and I'm putting Trump, and I'm calling it Triumph, with I'm standing in the middle. I put him in standing because God has spoken to me, and you want to call me false, and yet I have stood, and I stand with God. I will stand with this loyalty, whether you think I'm false or not. If that's what you think, then you can take your opinion, and you can shove it. Submit. The way that prophets were to be judged according to 1 Corinthians, you read it, it says that if, you, if, if one prophesies, let it be by two, if not but by, by three. And then it says you may all prophesy, speaking even of the prophets, but it says let the others judge. Well, who are the others? The other prophets. It's kind of like this. I don't tell you, Steve, how to run your, your, uh, your ministry and your corporation there. Okay, I don't know how to do the techie things that you do. So I don't have a grace, I don't have an anointing, and I don't have a positional authority. Prophets judging other prophets have a positional grace and authority from God. Now, if you're the believer and you're hearing prophecies and it doesn't look like it adds up, always remember that that prophecy is in the eye of the beholder. Just yeah. because you think that it doesn't come to pass doesn't mean that it didn't come to pass or it hey, might still come to pass.
1: ...that has proclaimed themselves as king has set themselves to stop the prophecy it must be a terrible burden to hide the truth and stop prophecy from coming to pass there's a heavy anointing to be president and God gives an anointing to carry that anointing if that anointing to carry the anointing of king is removed or is not there, it will drive you mad.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess. It sounds like it, it sounds like it drove them mad. That's for sure. I didn't know that Trump was the king. And how how could God anoint somebody that's not a believer? I don't think so. Here he is again, Bullock.
7: ...issue of life. But Alan, to me, man, I, I just... Unless you've been enlightened, like, I I just believe it doesn't matter what denomination you are. If you don't believe God has anointed Trump, you'll find a way not to vote for him.
9: Yeah. So to
7: me, it, it doesn't, at the end of the day, regardless of your denomination, if you can't see by discerning of the Spirit that God, d- despite, because I hear people You know, Trump's tweets and his demeanor, and, you know, I hear all that, but at the end of the day, I just choose to look at biblical values and believe that in 2015, God said that he was anointing him. So beyond the bannering, he is a bull in (laughs) in a china shop. He is going to rile people up, but beneath it, he's pro-life, he's pro-Israel, he's clearly pro-religious liberty. I think the choice is easy. We've never seen the kind of representation of spirit-filled believers in the White House. than we're seeing right
10: now, even at the Republican National Convention, where one of the, uh, I believe the lady who opened up in prayer, she was literally prophesying and speaking healing over people who were.
2: That that wasn't Robin Bullock. I think that was Jeremiah Johnson. But, yeah, some people that went into the White House were really saved, and and some people that were around him were really saved. So I'm, I'm sure he heard the gospel some of them and some of most of them that went in there were nuts and uh like some of these people. I don't I don't know if Kuhneman was there in the White House. Probably was but I know Rodney Howard Brown was there and had that you have that Guillermo Maldonado and uh these are wicked the people. So he has some people around him. That should have been around him, but he left them there. Also, some another thing that was quite disturbing is that Donald Trump and Melania went to visit this memorial in Washington D.C. to the late Pope John Paul, and they knelt before a vial of blood that placed on an altar there. They have a vial of John Paul blood. And of course, Catholics worship these relics from what they call dead saints. He was no saint. And there wasn't any reason for him to go there and kneel before this thing, him and his wife. But it was a photo op, and it was probably a nod to the Catholics. But why would a born-again believer kneel before a, a, a vial of some dead man's blood and act like they're praying? No, no, no born-again believer, does a thing like that. And also, I'm going to play this clip here. He was telling people to watch the Catholic Mass.
6: What a holy man he was. And Dr. Curran said to me, listen to this about what happened between Tom and I in the nineteen eighties. Dr. Curran said that in the nineteen eighties he was talking to Tom Zimmer. And Tom Zimmer said to him, Claude, there's a man right now who I believe in the future is going to lead America back to God. So Claudio said, you know, who is this? You know, who is this this guy? And Tom Zimmer said, the man who's going to, in the future, lead our country back to God is Donald J. Trump. And Dr. Curran said, you mean the New York playboy, like (laughs) this is the guy? And Tom Zimmer said, believe me, I have a premonition that that this is the man who's going to do it in the future. So what Thomas did is, at that time, John Paul II opened the holy doors of the Vatican of St. Peter's Basilica. And when he opened the holy doors uh, for that year, it was for the whole year, when the doors are ready to close, the Vatican allows people to donate bricks that go inside the door, and you can put an inscription on the bricks of any intention you want, and those doors are closed and they're sealed, and they're not open until the next time the, the Vatican, the Pope decides to open the doors for another holy year. So, uh, they, they're they're shut sealed and all of the intentions that are on those bricks are prayed uh, during the the inscriptions that are on these bricks. Tom Zimmer in the 1980s donated a brick to be put in the holy door of the Vatican that said Donald J Trump, and he did that because he wanted those masses in the Vatican to be said for him because he knew that in the future this man was going to be a great leader of America and bring Americans back to God. And look at just yesterday at, his, at Donald Trump's rally, his wife prayed the Our Father in front of the whole crowd. It was just so moving and beautiful to hear a First Lady pray the Our Father. This premonition, I firmly believe that Tom Zimmer, this very holy hermit of Loretto, Uh, a a promise
2: would happen, has been fulfilled. That wasn't the clip where Trump told people to watch the Mass, but as you could see, they were saying that these Catholic people were saying that he was going to lead people back to God, and they were saying Masses. Well, there was Masses said in the White House, according to some Catholic people that testified on that, that they were holding Catholic Masses. And uh, probably for Melania, because I think she is Catholic, but here's her.
11: The upcoming election in 2020, the one you have chosen, will win in a landslide. You will show your favor over that administration and give them new things to do. To help our country be greater than it ever was before. And I call forth our president to take his rightful place, Trump, to come forth right now, step into your destiny that God gave you, called you, appointed you, and anointed you for this time. And move. Now that man is done with their process, I will put my show on. And no one will ever forget when that happens. There will be great celebrations in the streets of this country and around the world that great victory has come on behalf of the body of Christ, on behalf of my America, that I'm not giving up to any enemy. The, uh, the media and the news of today, God said they will be forced, which means they won't want to say it or do it, they will be forced to announce that's right because of the proof and the evidence uh that they have to announce that donald j trump won the election and that he will be president for four more years and they had to say that now this is something that will happen it will actually happen every sport is played for one person and the winner in any of these sports are always Jesus Christ. And I'm even going to share this before we go. in heaven, and I know people, most people, let me tell you, 90% of the people are happy I'm saying this. The, legal, the legalistic-minded, where do you get to your mansion? You're probably faint. Anyway, he took me to this football game that somebody was playing. These teams, people who were football players had a gift, were playing it. But you can join in. You can join in these teams and play. But there were three scoreboards. Really? And these teams are so uh, focused, is a light word, to win these scores because when they would score, it would go to their scoreboard, that team, but then it would go up to Jesus'. Jesus had his own scoreboard, Christ. And so it's a different way to play, but the intensity and the excitement is still there. All the angels, their guardian angels are in the stands. They can't kill a demon, people.
9: Right, right.
11: You, can, you couldn't do it yourself at all, okay? Number one, you're spiritual, you're physical. That's just not going to happen. Um, if you if you had a physical sword, it would pass through them. It wouldn't do anything to them, all right? So this is the thing. You You can have them bound and, and. Your guardian angel number one is not one of the hosts. I have to let you know that. Those right. are totally separate. The guardian angels come under Gabriel, okay? Your guardian angels mostly look like people but with wings, okay? Okay. Other uh, hosts don't mostly don't ever look like people. They look like creatures. Um or they're made out of things like light or sound. I mean, but they're real and they're, they're they're fierce. They can battle the demonic. They can shred them but not kill them. And I mean, they they will literally shred them. They can leave marks on them. They can't kill them. I've seen, uh, if I find that, I'm going to show it on uh, a live stream. I'll just hold it up and show it to people. I literally took a picture one time when I first invited Heaven's Army. According to the protocol the Father gave me, I invited Heaven's Army to be one of my weapons. They began showing up outside in the sky over my home, and one time, not kidding, there was a whole group of them. The ones that looked like lions of the Royal Guard. They had some demons in chains and brought them over my roof, and I got a picture. Now sometimes
2: the picture Really. Oh, I don't know what wacky tabacky this lady smokes, this cat uh, uh She can write some very good fiction books, that's for sure, because she's got some stories. She went to heaven and they were having a football game. And that when they play this football game, they play, but they play only for Jesus to win the football game. And then she said that the people in the stands are doing the wave. You know how people do the wave at football games? Yeah. And demons came, the host of heaven came. I never saw the, I wonder, I never looked outside of my house and saw the host of heaven standing over my house. And she sees the host of heaven and she actually has a picture. She said she took a picture of this. I I can't wait to see this picture. I I didn't look for it. We have to see this picture. But anyway, this is the last clip I'm going to play. This is some CBS talking about these uh, false prophets.
12: Well, as much as the country looks to move on from the Trump presidency, there is a corner of American Christianity that accelerated in stature during his time in office, self-proclaimed prophets. A recent article in the New York Times dives into the theological debate and looks at what happens when predictions from these leaders who believe that they can channel divine powers fail to actually pan out. Ruth Graham is the author of that piece. She's a national correspondent covering religion, faith, and values for the newspaper. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you know, in, in the article there are phrases that I had to kind of like give my head a shake uh, about an independent prophet. It just it reminded me of some like a freelance prophet almost but <laughs> this is a thing this is a thing you now but when you think of prophets you think of sort of you know uh, the Old Testament and you think of um, people who were uh, kind of divinely anointed and what we're seeing emerging and what we're seeing emerging in this country that you're that you sort of map out in your article is you know there are a lot of people who call themselves prophets and make predictions and they're not always accurate and they're not accurate so but, so the question is why are people drawn to these self Appointed prophets and how do they how did they become so popular?
0: Well, we all want to know what's going on in the future, right? So I think it's actually kind of a universal <laughs> instinct. It's it's like understandable to me how someone would how, how someone would be drawn to it. Um, this is a piece um, at the corner of charismatic Christianity, which believes that um, gifts of the spirit, which include things like speaking in tongues and supernatural healing, continue into the present day, um, and so the. Uh, The Trump administration really courted charismatic Christians like no previous presidential administration had, so they were in the White House, Uh, Paula White, Trump's chief, evangelical advisor, was a charismatic pastor, and a televangelist, and so he's really making overtures to this community like never before, and I think in turn, there were a lot of prophets, uh, you know, self-described prophets who made predictions that he would win last fall, and so there was just a lot of energy and excitement among his base, which again, you know, big overlap with uh, charismatic Christianity, and just a lot of energy and excitement around the the 2020 election. And, you know, I really think of it as parallel to, you know, everyone was looking toward the election and wanting to know, you know, making predictions based on all kinds of things, legitimate and not, uh, about what was going to happen. And, and so so was this, uh, you know, this community. And they have social media, they have podcasts. You know, it's not, we do think of Old Testament prophets um, or maybe kind of street preachers and Things like that. Um, but they're they're really sophisticated and have their own, you know, kind of media outlets and a lot of ways to disseminate these messages.
2: Yeah, I guess they do. <laughs> they do they Do They do have a lot of outlets and many of them are very well funded. But we have to be able to discern the truth from error, that's for sure. But we have to be careful. We have to judge people by their fruit because they say one thing and then they do something else, and we're thoroughly disappointed. Obviously, many of us are thoroughly disappointed in the political system and uh, the way it operates. But we don't put our faith and trust in these positions because we know that God has his own government, and we can trust that government for sure. The third-speed government? No it's a, it's really a wicked business and for many of us that have been involved in church politics we know it's horrible church politics are bad enough but secular politics when you have when you have uh all these different factions and people with all their different beliefs it's a mess it's a mess but god help us and and uh Remember one thing, people that are listening to the program, and maybe you know the Lord Jesus Christ, and you say you say to yourself, yeah, those Christians are really messed up. Yeah, some Christians are really messed up. That's true. We have to pray for, for them to get back onto the straight and narrow. Some of them that are really Christian, maybe many of them aren't really, they're false brethren, but... God's not going to ask you about them. He's not going to ask you about Robin Bullock and Cat Kerr and Paula White and Donald Trump. He's not going to ask you about them. He's going to ask you about you. And what did you do with the gospel? What did you do with the fact that you heard the gospel and you didn't repent of your sins and you didn't ask Jesus to come into your life and be your Lord and Savior? He's going to ask you because many of you have heard the gospel. And You can trust Jesus. You can trust his word. He is faithful, and he is who he says he is. He's the savior, and he can save you. So, human beings can solve all your problems. They can't, but there is someone that can and will because he loves you. He gave his life for you. Give your life to Jesus Christ today, and you'll never, never regret it. God bless you all. Thanks, everybody, for stopping by in the chat room today. And all my listeners, don't forget to email me, Susan, at propheticnews.com. And I'm looking for your email. God bless.